There are monsters lurking around every single corner. It doesn't matter if you're in the city, if you're in the woods, or if you're in the most remote parts of this earth. There seem to be unexplained and unnamed creatures lurking around every which way. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Every so often, I like to take rides on my bike and just go see the local wildlife. Sometimes, though, the local alligator tries to challenge me to an arm wrestling match and I have to get in the game and stay focused. And I was losing a lot until I recently found this awesome new thing called Magic Mind. It's this awesome little shot that has replaced my coffee, replaced all the energy drinks and supplements I need to have that energy boost to be able to try to beat these alligators. And ever since I started using this Magic Mind shot, I have been able to beat the gators every single time. Like I said, it's replaced my coffee, it allows me to drink less caffeinated drinks, and it's extended my benefits because now I feel more productive and more focused. I'm getting more done in less time thanks to the new tropics inside this. Now, some of these ingredients include ashagawanda, an adaptogen that reduces stress and anxiety, my personal favorite, cordyceps mushrooms, which is an adaptogen that reduces inflammation, strengthens your immune system, and supports higher energy levels and physical endurance by ramping up production of ADP in your mitochondria. I totally stand behind it. It works for me. It helps me. I've been kicking the booty off of these alligators, and it's all because of Magic Mind. Now, what are you waiting for? Join me and many others in the swamp today. Go to Magic Mind co slash swamped and get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code swamped. Again, go to magicmind.co slash swamped and get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code swamped. Something in the Cemetery by Chantel. My friend and I had been hanging with some friends at their house, in a neighborhood called The Round Valley. Around 2am, my friend Sasha and I left Jacob's house to go walk home. Jacob's house is located directly behind this creepy old cemetery, separated by a fence to their property, then the dirt road and another fence outlining the graveyard. So when we walk home, we always jump the cemetery fence and walk through because it's quicker and then we walked to the main road back to my place for hers. I live down Sapphire Road and Sasha lives down Emerald, off Sapphire. We jump the fence as usual and begin walking. And as we are walking, we see something black and huge run past us through our side vision and hear the faint cackling of leaves and dirt being kicked up. It was only very slight, but it was just enough for us to both notice and stop and look at each other. We just thought maybe it was our thoughts getting to us, and keeping in mind as I'm writing, this happened two months ago. We are both sound of mind and we are not and never have been under the influence of drugs or alcohol. I am almost 17 and she just turned 16, and we're not the kind of girls who get scared at little things like that, and like I said, we walk through here all the time. It takes quite a bit to scare us. So we clasped our hands together and kept walking. We walked out of the cemetery and as soon as we were on the pavement, we saw something moving in the distance. We kept walking and as we got near, we began to be able to see glowing red eyes. They were very big and luminous. There was no moon this night, just the light from the cemetery 
and they were high, very high off the ground, probably 8 to 10 feet high. We stopped and it was getting closer. Its eyes slowly went up and down as it was taking long strides. We began to see the outline of the figure. It was very dark, it had fur, and a very wolf-like shaped face, with long pointed ears, with big red eyes, and like I said, it was very tall. We were so scared, we were shaking and could barely move at this point. What we could make out was that the figure was running on two legs, with a long body strapping by. It looked very strong, similar to how bodybuilders would look. We looked to our right and left for a way to run, and we saw a person's pasture, a high fence. But we'd always seen horses in there, so we looked at each other, nodded, and ran. We jumped over that fence, Sasha jumped down on the other side, and before I jumped down, I looked and the creature looked as though it was running on all fours. Now, eyes lowered to the ground. Now that it was down on all four legs, it was approaching much faster, and I yelped, launching out the fence, grabbing Sasha's hand, and ran with everything we were worth. We ran completely across the pasture and jumped a second fence. We ran back to Sasha's house, went inside, and caught our breath. We have yet to see the creature again, but we haven't gone anywhere alone at night without a guy or something to protect us. Usually we're on my quad as well now. We've seen dark figures running in our side vision multiple times before, but never seeing the red eyes and being followed like that. However, what I do know is that I might have saw a werewolf or some sort of skimwalker. We do live in Round Valley area in the Payson, Arizona area, and I have heard of a ton of different stories of skimwalkers here. The Unseen Sight of a Web by Jack Before I start writing, I want to apologize for my bad grammar. I'm terrified and writing fast. Almost about a week ago, I watched videos about the different layers of the internet, such as the front web, which everyone uses, and the dark web, which takes some time to get into, etc. Well, I wanted to see how far it goes. I work with computers and code so I know my way around them. To a certain point of hacking and breaking down, it really just comes with repetitive codes and passwords that seem to never really end. But now I work from home and have plenty of extra time on my hands, so I keep going. Finally, after multiple endless nights, I go to a blank screen with a timer counting down. Just a blank white screen with the timer counting down from 1000. I waited for it to hit zero. When it finally did, there was a message with an answer box underneath. The question read, why? I was confused, and it didn't seem to work, no matter what I put in, until I wrote, research. The page buffered and brought me to some sort of website. It was an ugly yellow background with red smoky faces all over it in weird patterns. Weird, I know. I tried clicking on the middle of my screen, and it took me to a video. There is a video of three men walking through a strange looking woods at night, and they each have a very dim flashlight. I watched this for probably 20 minutes, but nothing happened, so I continued watching these videos and they got consistently stranger. One of a man was swimming in what looked to be water, but it was highly thick. Swimming next to him was a skinny glowing fish. Another video was on a head cam, running through what looked to be some sort of abandoned hotel. They were chasing some sort of tall, pale, humanoid creature. Eventually, the beast got lost and the man started hyperventilating. The video ended there, but the longer I watched these videos, the worse they got. There was a 10-minute long video of a wall with blood oozing from the cracks, 
and a starved-looking man being fed a strange, giant, hairless dog. It was hard to watch. At the top right of my screen, I saw a smiley face. It was different from everything else. The color was just off. When I clicked on it instead of a video, it gave a question. Ready for the second layer? And then there are two buttons, yes and no. I didn't know what to do. Eventually, my curiosity took over. I clicked yes, and it took me to a similar page. There were four heads on there, and instead of smoky red faces, they were replaced with white pictures of people's faces. Four looks in a circle. I clicked on the first. I had no idea what was about to happen. It was a creature, but I can't for my life describe it. It moved in ways that weren't possible. There were colors I had never seen before, and noises my ears couldn't comprehend. It put a feeling of overwhelming dread and anxiety into my body. I grabbed the laptop on my desk in my backyard, stomped it, smashed it until there was nothing left, no way it could be tracked. Eventually, I had to leave my room to shop for food. In their supermarket, I swear I was followed by tall, slim people. I don't know if I should call them people. They were shiny and pitch black skin with no face. No one else could see them. And maybe I'm just paranoid. I'm hiding in my room again. I can see the people outside my house passing by my windows as I write this. I don't know what I did, what I found, but I'm terrified. And I wanted to write into the show to let people know there are some strange and downright creepy things on the internet. And they don't want you to know about it. I am a 24-year-old male living in the Philippines. The story I wanted to share with you is not exactly my own, but was told to me by my father some years ago. The events transpired when I was only about a year old. Back then, my family lived in a rural area where everyone knew everyone. We also had a ton of relatives nearby, living in the same group of neighborhoods. One day, my dad was outside in the backyard watering plants. He was minding his own business when he suddenly noticed an unusually large black bird perched in an old tree. The branches of that tree hung low, so my dad got a much better look at the bird than I'm sure he wanted to. He did not think anything of it at first, but he soon noticed that the bird's eyes were a deep red. Not glowing or anything like that, but more like they were severely bloodshot. He said the bird just sat there, staring at him, returning my father's ponderous gaze just as intently as he watched it. My dad was unsettled, but soon got back to his work. He got done watering and went inside. A few hours later, sometime during the night, dad went back outside to do some more chores in the yard. Now the way our houses were set up, there was a sort of alleyway with a fence that separated our house from the one next door. My dad was finishing up when he caught a glimpse of something small scurrying across the alleyway, making a splash in a puddle of water. Since he had a pet turtle at the time, a red-eared slider, my dad thought maybe the turtle got out of his tank and somehow was trying to run off. He walked over to the dark alley, and upon closer inspection, he found the culprit. Oddly, what he found there was a large crab of some kind. It was not a common sight in my area. The crab was the size of a dinner plate. The strangest part was that in the low light coming from the back of our house, my dad could see the crab's eyes. They were that same deep blood red color of the blackbird he had seen earlier. The crab stopped in its tracks and stared him down. That same intense glare from his encounter with the large bird. He quickly dropped what he was doing and went back inside the house. Admittedly, creeped out by yet another bizarre animal sighting. 
The next day, my dad went to speak to the neighborhood elders about what he had seen. They told him it was an Aswang. So, if you did not know, stories of Aswang are all over the Philippines, especially out in the rural areas. Up to 80% of the people here actually believe in this. They are basically the Philippines' equivalent to vampires of Western folklore in terms of mythology. They are said to be shapeshifters, who have a taste for human and animal entrails. But their most sought-after delicacy is the flesh of an unborn child. The legends have it that the Aswang would crawl around on rooftops at night, searching for pregnant women. When it found one, it would settle above the expectant mother as she slept, winding its freakishly long, prehensile tongue into her room by some opening in her roof and sucked the baby from her very womb. As it happened, my mother was pregnant with my little sister. One of the elders claimed he knew the Aswang had paid a visit to our house. I do not know how he would know this information, but he insisted that this Aswang was not trying to eat my sister. Rather, he said, it simply liked being around pregnant women because it finds their aroma to be somehow intoxicating. My dad said, although it was still creepy, he was a bit relieved that he was not dealing with a creature that wanted to harm his family. My sister was born without any problems, and we never heard from that creature again as far as I know. This is not an awfully long story at all, and I cannot stress enough that I have not been the same since. No exaggeration, just a disclaimer. I am not that big on cryptids, and did not really believe in them until one night. My brother and I were in the SUV cruising through a rural area of Wisconsin, and headed back to our dad's house. We turned off a country highway to a back road near a bar I used to work at. Excited to smoke the weed we had just bought, we were not really concerned with much else besides getting home, smoking, and listening to our hillbilly music. We came to a point in the road where there are three forks, and as cliche as it sounds, it came from nowhere. In an instant, I stomped on the brakes. About 40 feet northeast of us, over a chopped cornfield, was a ball of light the size of an average house, seated above a rectangular light the size of a semi in a trailer. We sat still, the vehicle still running. We both stared at it for what felt like forever. I was frozen, and my brother eventually spoke up and yelled to go. I just could not move. I have never ever been so frozen in my life. A couple of seconds, maybe even a minute or so goes by, I have no idea, and eventually I'm hearing, go, go, leave, let's go. Still, I was stiff, and a much more calm but obviously unsettled voice through tears, he said, Cody, hit the gas, please, we have to leave. The light seemed to get brighter simultaneously with the request. All I remember was crying and silently hitting the gas. My eyes turned to the road and I floored it. We made the approximately 40-yard dash around the left in the road, and in the same instant we started going straight. The light was over top of us, and I swear I could see what looked like humanoid figures all around us. My brother started crying hysterically. As soon as it was there, it flashed off to our left, seemingly shrunk and disappeared. All the figures also disappeared. We both cried silently on the way home. I did not believe in cryptids or aliens or whatever until this instance. I would absolutely love to hear if anyone has had any similar experiences. I really wanted to share this because I was a hardcore skeptic until this night. If you share this, thank you a million times and keep up the show. I really enjoy it. I have an even shorter story if it interests you at all. Good evening, Swamp Dweller. I am an Inuk man from Northern Canada and I wanted to tell you about the time in my younger days when I believe our hunting party faced off with an Ejerak, an evil being that takes the shape of a caribou. I'm an old man now, and this story takes place many years ago, 
in what is now the territory of Nunavut, Canada. In those days, many of us Inuit still lived in the traditional ways of hunting, fishing, and living from what the land gave us before we were forced into communities by the Canadian government and RCMP. In winter, we travel far from our homes to hunt the seals and great caribou herds from which we took our meat and furs. This story takes place during one of these trips that are now long gone. Myself, my brother, an elder, and another man set out from our houses to track the caribou herds. Snowmobiles were only new back then, and only one man had one. The rest of us traveled by dog sled. We had enough supplies for two weeks loaded on our sleds, as well as several hunting spears and three World War II era rifles. This was in the late 1960s, so they were plentiful in those times. After a three-day long trip, we managed to track the herd and made our snow houses for the night. As the sun came up the next morning, we set up our rifles on a ridge overlooking the herd, and not long after my brother spied a beautiful fat male among the others. We quickly drew a bead on several other caribou and opened fired. Within a few minutes there were seven dead animals waiting for us on the snow. We made quick work skinning and gutting the first six, but immediately upon looking at the seventh we knew something was not quite right. Its fur was ragged. Its eyes were not normal. They looked like that of a man, not a caribou. As my brother stuck his knife into the animal, its eyes jerked to the side and stared directly at him. We jumped back but quickly passed it off as a death reflex. But when the animal was opened, we were met with horror. Its meat was black and festering. The smell was so bad we were nearly made sick. The elder knew immediately that something was terribly wrong, and the decision was made to douse the carcass in gas and burn it. As we rode away with our kills, we began to get a very uneasy feeling so we stopped for a minute and let the dogs rest. As we looked back, we noticed something moving on the far hill, and we were shocked when we looked back at it with binoculars. The caribou we thought was burned was slowly trotting behind us. The bullet wound was now a dark brown stain, and those human-like eyes were staring right through the glass at us. We immediately hitched the dogs and rode as fast as we could. We traveled several miles the opposite direction over the sea ice to hide our trail and keep it from finding our camp. As darkness came, we finally lost the creature in the snow. All that night, two of us stayed awake with guns at the ready. We cut our trip short and fled back to town at first light. The elders blessed us and our meat to ward off any bad magic the Ejirak may have brought on us. This spirit takes on the shape of a caribou and is said to kill hunters and kidnap children. There have been many, many other memorable hunting trips in my long life, but this one stands out to me the clearest. Growing up, I spent time living in a house in Mapleton, Utah. It was pretty haunted in my opinion, but I also think there were some unknown creatures running around as well. A lot of activity occurred in that house on a constant basis. Things like hearing all the dishes breaking and the cupboard slamming shut, yet if you went into the kitchen, everything was seemingly intact. I believe the best stories though would come from my older brother, Kevin. One of those stories would begin with him sleeping downstairs. Suddenly, he would be awoken, but he felt paralyzed. Before his eyes was a white creature unlike anything he had ever seen before. Its hands were nailed down to the ceiling, along with its feet also being nailed. The creature looked kind of like a naked human being, but very, very wrong and very, very contorted. All the limbs looked elongated, too long for humans, and nearly all looked dislocated. The spine protruded from its back. The skin was pale but nearly like leather. 
The creature began to turn its head toward him. It turned its head completely backward to look at him. There were no facial features at all. Suddenly, its jaw began to move, and it looked as though the mouth had been shred open to allow the jaw to even move. But the jaw began to look as though it was dislocated as it eased its head and opened its jaw toward him as though it was trying to consume him. He quickly rolled off the bed and ran to the door, taking one look back before taking off. It began to twist its neck further to look at him and watch where he was going. He ran off upstairs to tell our mother. He did not see it again that night. But the second time he saw it, it was sitting in his closet in a fetal position, simply watching. He never slept in that room again. The strangest part about the story is, when I was sleeping in the living room next to it, I had a dream about some weird people in my bed who have died. They were warning me that bodies had been buried within the walls and we needed to leave the house. I always think about this when I remember this house because I encountered this creature myself before I knew he did. I thought that maybe it was just a hallucination or maybe some sort of ghost. But now, I'm starting to think it was an eerie creature that was living in our house somewhere. Or maybe it was some sort of interdimensional being. Hello. I'd prefer to keep my name private as I do not wish to be identified in fear of being ridiculed. My story is just a compilation of small things happening that lead up to a possible creature sighting. It will give you some background so that you can get a better idea of my situation. I am a 19 year old girl and I live in Indiana with my grandparents and brother. We are all nature lovers and my grandfather is a zoologist. I take after him and we enjoy identifying bird calls while out on hikes or sitting in the backyard. Now. We don't quite live in the middle of nowhere, but we are not exactly in the big city either. We live in one of two subdivisions, the second one behind us. For the most part, we are surrounded by cornfields and little patches of forest between them. There is enough forest to support small herds of deer, raccoons, possum, skunk, owls, and coyotes. Behind our house is a pond that is about 160 feet long and probably 50 feet across. Behind the pond is a row of spruce trees which separates our subdivision from the other. Now. The people who own the pond keep it stocked with fish, bluegill, smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, and a couple of catfish. My window is one of the ones facing the pond. Now that you know all that, the real story can start. It was early in the morning, sometime around 4am, and for some reason my dog woke me up. He wanted to be let out of my room. Confused but not going to argue with him, I let him out and he goes to the bed with my grandparents. I shut my door and lay back down to go to sleep when suddenly I hear a noise. It sounded almost like a morning dove, but it was still pitch black outside. Doves should not be awake at this time. As I slowly looked out the window, the noise seemingly stopped. This continued for a good 45 minutes or so. Every time I sat up to look out the window, the noise stopped again. This happened every night for a few days. Each time, the noise would startle my dog, and he would wake me up so he could leave. Soon after the noise started, we found a decapitated baby bunny on our doormat. Then two days later, there was another dead one. They had no bites or scratches on them. They were just missing their heads. For a whole week, everything seemed to have stopped. We found a dead fish. A 14, maybe even 15 inch catfish that had been pulled up onto shore. Just like with the two bunnies, two weeks later, another one was found in the same condition. Untouched except for a missing head. Once again, everything was normal. And once again, it did not last. I was sitting on the back porch watching some ducks on the pond when suddenly, one was pulled under the water. It was not a dive. 
It went straight down like a rock. The other ducks flew off in a panic. The duck resurfaced and flew off to join the others. Another time, the duck was not so lucky. It got pulled under and never came back up. Even though I sat there waiting for an hour, staring at the pond, nothing ever happened. As the weeks continued, the fish and frog population shrank more and more and the ducks no longer visited our pond. One night in mid-July, I was up late doing some reading to help calm my mind when suddenly I hear an unfamiliar sound. Now keep in mind, my grandpa is a zoologist, so I have learned what different animals sound like. This was undoubtedly the same sound I heard earlier in the year, but it was louder and much clearer. If you have ever heard a morning dove, you know what its song pattern is like. What I was hearing almost matched this pattern exactly, but it sounded more like if you mashed together a dog bark and a leopard frog croak. I apologize for the bad description, but that is the best way to describe it. I am almost positive it was trying to mimic a dove. The call was scratchy, and it sounded like it was stuck on repeat. Since then, whenever I am home alone, I hear that call. But just before anyone gets home, the sound stops. I told my grandparents and brother, but they have never, ever heard it. And subsequently, they do not believe me. They just say that I'm paranoid from listening to the stories on your channel. But I don't think that's the case. I've been trying to convince my girlfriend to tell people about this for a while now, but she keeps putting it off. I asked her if I could just share the story on this show. As it's her story, I find it fascinating considering I'm obsessed with cryptids and stuff. She said I could, so here goes. So for some time, I was studying at a university in England. While there, I met my girlfriend who lived local to the city. I would go back home in Wales for the first two years of uni during Christmas, Easter, and summer breaks. The summer was usually a big long break, and I would use it for work at my part-time job to earn money to spend on nights out for my following year of uni. I don't drive, and at the time, I was not getting along with her family, so I did not like going to hers. So every other weekend I had off work, my girlfriend would drive down to Wales and spend some time over the weekend with me. So, during the summer between my first and second year, she had to leave early. She ended up taking a different route home as I had a night shift coming up. She agreed to drive me to my night shift to save me getting the bus, despite it taking her out of her way, and meaning she had to take a different route home. After dropping me off, she was driving along. Anyone who knows Wales knows that it's predominantly rural, country roads with the odd town or village scattered about. She saw a creature run across the road. She slammed on her brakes, at first thinking it was a dog or a cat, but she said looking at it, it did not look like either. She said it was huge, like the size of a full-grown Great Dane, and it had no fur. She described it as having large paws, bigger than that of any wildlife in the area. It also had no fur, like I said. She said it moved in a way that she said seemed unusual and unnatural, like its limbs were bent but not straightening out while it ran, although this could have been a trick of the light as it was very dark. The area this was in was near the village of Trelawned, on one of the country roads just off from the garage. I've asked her to describe the creature, she's drawn it a few times, but basically describes it as looking like an enormous hairless fossa. She's a zoologist too. So I expect her to recognize wild animals, especially since all we really have are red foxes, badgers, and a few loose ferrets that have escaped from farms. 
She's driven that route so many times since then, both with and without me, and I've tried to spot it, but with no avail. I even got her a dash cam, and she must have driven that route repeatedly over and over again, but we've not had any luck. While the whole thing seems unlikely, and that maybe it was a trick of the light or something like that, I believe her, partly due to her stubborn conviction that there was no trick of the light, and what she saw was legit. She seems to cling on to this with such conviction that I find it hard to doubt. I didn't see it myself. I only know what I was told, but I thought it would be an interesting story regardless. Thanks for listening to these creepy and downright strange cryptid encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. Now, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it at reddit at r slash the dark swamp. I'd love to share your stories with everyone here in the swamp. Stories like yours help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to elbow the like button in the face. Be sure to subscribe if you're new as it helps us grow a ton. Turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them nearly every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you made it all the way to the end, be sure to let me know what story was your favorite. Comment the code word 2905 and let's see how many people we can confuse. I always love seeing your interesting and creative comments. I am trying to pin the most creative ones in the top comments. Anyways, if you guys are on the go, don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Be sure to join me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the good social medias to keep up with me outside of YouTube, and I'll see you all very, very soon with another creepy episode.